Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program, the B2B Incubator. It's built for small, in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the B2B Incubator and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching at the end of May, 2024. Remember, the B2B Incubator, apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand generals, content leads, and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategies that they've created. Some are now even contributing as much as 80% of the pipeline to their business after working through it. Make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the B2B Playbook Podcast. Each week, we discuss strategies and tactics to help B2B businesses grow online. We're your hosts, Kevin and George, a couple of digital marketing professionals. We've waded through the noise and made the mistakes so you don't have to. The B2B world has changed and you need to put your customers at the heart of your marketing. We'll cover how you can use our framework, the five Bs, to create a brand that customers are ready to buy from, love and advocate for. We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends to keep you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer. Welcome back to the B2B Playbook. Kevin, listeners, I can't believe we're here. We are in the wrap-up episode of season four. But look, don't just skip over it because it's a wrap-up episode. Look, we are going to cover some really good, interesting stuff. We're going to pull together some highlights for you in case you missed anything at all. And there's going to be some great reminders of the key lessons from each of the podcasts in this season. Kev, we set out on a journey to really share our five beast framework which is our framework for driving demand for your brand no one else had showed people how to do it step by step we thought it would take us roughly 100 episodes over five seasons i can't believe it we're at the end of season four yeah that's right george it has been a journey and we're probably tracking to go a little over the 100 episodes before we wrap up the full season five as well but we are at the end of season four listeners and as george said this episode is going to give you a rundown of what we talked about this season. If you're just joining us recently or you've missed any parts, this will be a great episode for you to dive into to figure out what we've talked about and to jump back into the places that you want to go a step further into to get more detail. We'll give you episode links and the episode numbers as well. So be sure to stick around with us for this episode. But George, let's start with a recap of what the fourth B is that we've been talking about this season and how it fits into our five Bs framework. Yeah, definitely, Kev. This season has all been about be better, which is all about how our marketers can optimize their workflow. It's not about trying to be better overnight. It's about putting systems in place to systematically improve. But Kev, 
it's the fourth B in our five Bs framework for a reason, right? It comes after the first three Bs, which are the, really the non-negotiable fundamental Bs that every business needs to have in place and so many miss. Just as a quick recap, they are be ready, which is about really, truly, deeply understanding your dream customers. Then we move on to be helpful, which is about creating content to help those dream customers and develop a relationship of trust with them online. The third B in our five B's framework is be seen, which is about how to amplify our helpful content to the right people and accelerate your growth so we can start to build these relationships more at scale. That brings us to the fourth B in our framework, be better, which is about optimizing that workflow and constantly improving. That's right, listeners. And next season, our last B of the five B's framework will be be the best. But before we get to that, let's talk about what Be Better was all about. So last season in Be Seen, we talked all about how to prep yourself to really amplify the helpful content that you're really putting out there. And Be Better was all about optimizing your B2B marketing workflow. And that's what we talked about this season. We talked about all the things that once you have a system in place, how can you take it to the next level? How can you take more from that same process that same workflow and get the most bang for your buck. So let's go back to an early episode of Be Better where we talk about what does Be Better really mean and how to approach it. I think you already know what Be Better is just from our intro today. It's not about thinking and becoming better overnight. It's all about optimizing your workflow and cementing yourself as an expert you set out to be. Now that has to happen, as George said, after you've got the foundations in place because if you're trying to optimize processes that are going the wrong way or on the wrong foundations, you're going to go in the wrong direction very fast, but you're going to have to reel that back in and start again. So it's really important to go back to the first three Bs, to the first 60-odd episodes where we talk about how to get those foundations right and in place if you haven't already and really go through and Use it as a checklist. Make sure you've got all the foundations right before you start looking at how to get the most out of the processes you set up. George, how do we then approach being better now that we know what being better is all about? Look, Kev, you've said it. I've said it. It's not about someone whipping you, screaming, be better, be better. It's not about a quick fix. So there are some general principles to keep in mind as people start to optimize their B2B marketing workflow. It's the 80-20 principle and finding your why. Why is that, Kev? These two main principles that we talked about in previous seasons is really the crux of Be Better. It's what helps you focus in on what makes the most impact for your business as you start to improve your B2B marketing workflows. Listeners, I'm sure you know at this point, if you've set up a process, there's a million and one things you can improve. There's a million and one new things you can start to try. And often you're looking at all these different things and you're struggling to figure out what to look at next. Well, these two principles are really what's going to help you decide that priority list and decide where to go first to have the most impact for your business. So 80-20 obviously is looking at what is the 20% of activity that you can do to deliver 80% of the outcome. And that's the same in optimizing your workflow as well. What can you do in optimizing your B2B marketing workflows that will get you that 80% of uplift in your outcomes. And the other one to keep in mind is your why. So you're looking at you know, what to do, but you need a guidepost to figure out what is actually most important and your why needs to come back in. Think about your business objectives. Think about how they tie back into your business's why 
and always focus in on the projects that has the most impact on your why. And a few other concepts that kind of come in quite a lot when you're doing this sort of analysis with the optimizations is your dream 100 and your dream customer avatars because they're really practical embodiments of your why, practical embodiments of your 80-20 principle. You've already done the work to figure out who your 20% of dream customers or dream 100 is. Make sure to bring them back into focus. So one example is when we spoke about CRMs and CDPs in episode 70, we talked about how there's a lot of different customers you have in your CRM, in your CDPs, a lot of data to look at. So your attention should go into setting up new systems and new processes to get the most out of that 20% of your dream 100 or dream customers from that data so that you can get the most out of those data systems. They're such helpful general principles, Kev. Whenever you're trying something from Be Better, it's so easy to just get so deep in the tools, go off on a tangent. And every time you take on one of these tools, every time you do something from Be Better, start with those principles, listeners. It's going to give you so much more direction and you're going to get so much more out of it. All right, Kev, for those who didn't listen to the full season or for those who can't recall every single thing we said in every episode off the top of their heads, Let's go through just some of those key pillars from being better that we covered over the season. Now, the first one is reporting. Kev, I'm going to let you talk about this one because I know you love reporting. Um, I love to fly by the seat of my pants a little more. Reporting is important, but you love it. So I'm going to let you take that. Yeah, that's it, listeners. Reporting is very important, despite having to rein in those like George as they fly through their marketing workflows. Now, what's really important here when we talk about be better reporting is that it's really helpful for not just you, but also your wider team and your boss as well. So all those people in the organization that need to come along for the ride and they need to have reporting built that they can use as well. And specifically, you can try things like funnel stage reporting, you can have shared reporting with sales, and you can have different approaches, your own approach to how to look at attribution as well. So a lot of different concepts that we talked about in episodes 65, 66, and 72 in this season, they really give you the foundations on how to build effective reporting that's going to talk not just to your objectives, but to the wider team's objectives, to your boss's objectives, and to other team's objectives, and use reporting really as a tool to bring everyone along for the ride in optimizing your B2B marketing workflow because if they're bought in, if the rest of the organization is bought in and reporting is just one tool to do that, then it makes your job a lot easier as you start to grow your marketing engine. Great call out, Kev. Reporting is just superb for buy-in. So when you're doing that reporting, make sure you're taking into account who that reporting is for. We've made that mistake of showing someone at the executive level, like a whole lot of detail, and they just want to see the high level stuff. And when you show them the detail, they get lost. You can't tell the right story to them. And sometimes that results in confusion and a total lack of buying, which is a nightmare for a marketer. Kind of related to reporting, Kev, is the episode that we spoke about after, which is about CRO and A-B testing. That's conversion rate optimization. We gave you guys a process to go about it. That process is, of course, forming your hypothesis about what it is that you wanted to change, the methodology to it, the results, the conclusion, and then of course, super importantly, Kev, the action that you could take off the back of that A-B test or that CRO test. And we covered that in episode 68. 
We then talked about affiliates and partners. I think this is a very important one, even though we only spent one episode talking about it in episode 69. It's all about turning your affiliates into true partners and customers into advocates. Now we have a few interviews later on in the season on this topic as well with people who are experts in this space. So we strongly encourage you to check those out because they're really going to be one of the best channels, if not the best and most important channel for driving your ongoing growth. And then we talked about CRM, CDPs, and all things data. So again, things that I love and George maybe takes a less <laughs> enthusiastic approach to. But we talked about some of those new tools that can help you scale effectively. So hopefully at this point, you have a fair group of customers, a fair amount of data coming off those customers and how they interact with your brand. So staying on top of those changing customer trends and how they like to shop, what products they're using is really going to change over time. And you need these different tools to help you scale your analysis, to help you wrangle all that data. And we talk about that in episode 70. So make sure to check that out if that is a pain point you're struggling with. Kev, we also spoke about something after that, which I know a lot of marketers struggle with, which is sales analysis. And so that's really looking at things like pipeline velocity and a few other key ways that you can look to improve your marketing from sales's point of view. And I think it was a really important episode in just trying to bridge that gap uh, and looking at the commonly shared metrics between sales and marketing and what marketing can really have an impact on that's going to make sales's life easier. We love to think of sales and marketing as not two teams in different silos, but as one go-to-market division. And I think that there are a lot of really good takeaways from that episode, Kev, that our listeners can start to enact in their own business to try and get on that same page. There might even just be some lingo in there, Kev, that they might hear sales talking about that marketing never quite understood. And so at least grab some definitions out of it at minimum. Yeah, that's a great episode. Again, another one where we were lucky enough to have a fantastic guest on to talk about that. So very important to make sure you really start to look at that gap between sales and marketing because as you start to optimize your B2B marketing workflows, often that is one of the biggest low-hanging fruits or the biggest projects that will give you the most impact and bang for buck when you really align with the sales team. Next, we talked about EDMs and some of the specific plays that you can do to improve their impact. Now, this is a very practical episode in episode 71 where we really just talk about, okay, now that you have a mailing list, now that you have regular EDMs hopefully going out, how can you step it up? How can you get the most out of EDMs? And in a similar vein, we talked about how to start testing more paid channels and how to optimize your existing paid channels. Now, extending the principles that we talked about just before around finding the best mix of channels and tools in previous seasons, we also talked about the concept of attribution modeling and why you should take that with a grain of salt. Definitely one where you need to apply that 80-20 principle again and figure out what is worthwhile doing in that space. But we talk about that in more detail in episode 73. So if that is of interest to you, make sure to go back and check that one out. All right, folks, quick breather here. In my time in B2B marketing, generally I've come to realize that there are just certain tools that can be an absolute game changer. And that's why I'm really excited to talk about Leadfeeder. Uh, it's a tool that helps you cut through the data and turn those website visitors into solid leads and opportunities for your business. Leadfeeder shows you which companies are checking out your site, tracking their behavior, 
and it integrates all of this with your CRM. And the result is it's basically like a secret weapon for targeted lead engagement, and it really makes it easier for your team to convert website traffic into sales. Head to leadfeeder.com, give it a free demo, and you'll also get a free extended premium trial when you let the rep know that you found out about Leadfeeder through the B2B Playbook podcast. That's leadfeeder.com. Okay, check it out. Back to the show. Kev, we also spoke about a few topical things like chat GPT and content repurposing. As we said, we wanted this podcast to be evergreen, so we don't really pick tactics that are just going to be here for a little bit and die off or trends that are going to die off. We think things like ChatGPT, because it's AI, that's here to stay. So we spoke about not just how we're using it now, but how you guys should really think about it to integrate it into your workflow. So we gave you some frameworks and principles for the future there. And then content repurposing, that is absolutely here to stay as well. It's something that I guess media has been doing for a very long time. And now we, even as small media teams, as tiny businesses, we have the ability to repurpose content and get more bang for our buck with our content than ever before. So that's why we really wanted to do those episodes. And finally, we ended the season on a lot of very, very helpful interviews with a number of fantastic guests. We went a little over what we normally do in terms of interviews here, but I think it's one of those seasons that makes the most sense to have all these experts on. As you start to optimize your B2B marketing workflow, there's so many different things you can do. George and I are only a two-man team, and although we do our utmost to share everything we learn from our processes, there's a few episodes in there where we talk about how we're optimizing our own processes there's so many fantastic guests. There's so many fantastic people out there who are willing to share their helpful advice on how they improve certain aspects of their B2B marketing workflow. And it's something that we really want our audience to share in that learning that everyone has been doing in this space. And so hopefully we can all learn from each other and improve a lot faster. So hopefully enjoy those fantastic episodes with those very helpful guests. And Kev, we get a lot of requests for people to come on the podcast. And to be honest, we haven't once said yes to anyone who's come outbound to us. They're just people that I personally love connecting with and have been following myself for a long time. And they're people that we've had earmarked to come on the show for a really long time. And as you can tell from the episodes themselves, they're people who have really the same ethos as Kevin and I. They're just out here to be helpful. Most of them just give away their frameworks. It's incredible how much they give away every episode. We're very grateful for them to come on. Well, George, I think that leads nicely into what we like to do in every wrap-up episode, which is talk about a few things that we loved and didn't love about the season. And the first one we always like to start off with is why we loved the Be Better season. Why did you love the Be Better season, George? Kev, for me, Be Better was... Look, we started off at an agency, right? And Be Better was probably my introduction to marketing. And it's what made me fall in love with it in the first place. I really love tinkering, optimizing, trying out new tools, which I think just got me so excited about it. Like this idea that you could get this tool and you could see this uplift in your business over the next few days, I just found fascinating. And it's what made me fall in love with marketing initially. But Kev, then I learned that I missed the foundations, our first three Bs, right? You can't start with be better. And I learned that the hard way. So now we've gone back and we've shared those first three Bs. It was really fun to talk about 
the be better side of things, the part that really got me excited. And yeah, what about you, Kev? I think I have to agree with you, George. This is the area where we started in our early days. We met on the agency side, and this is a lot of what our day-to-day was about. It's about improving different processes. A lot of things have changed, obviously. We go into a lot more depth now on a much wider range of areas, particularly in the B2B marketing space, where we were predominantly in B2C. But as you said, it's great to revisit some of those early things that we love to tinker with. And also, I think it's a very good way to now look at this stage as something that brings other people in the marketing function and other disciplines in your business together. So for example, with reporting, we talked about how the right reporting can bring your leadership team into the same journey and can bring your sales team on board. It can really align the whole business and start to break down any silos that might exist. Because at this point, when every team has their own processes, they're running towards efficiency, they're trying to eke out that extra 10% in what they're doing already, it's great to have these tools to break down those silos and to start looking at things that can have 50, 60, 100% uplift on the business rather than just the 10%. So that's really exciting. And I think a lot of the times you can find those big impact things with minimal lift just because you're looking wider, you're looking at different projects that are really only available at this more mature stage of growth. But there's this misconception that at this stage of growth, you know, those 50, 60, 100% improvements are harder to come by. I don't think that's true. I think we just need to look a bit broader and to learn from how to improve the processes in a way that brings the whole team together. So that's really exciting. Um, and that's why I love the Be Better section as well. And it's just a great way to approach your old systems with fresh eyes and help hone your why once again with that improvement. Very nice, Kevin. Look, we already mentioned the guests. We had so many amazing guests this season. We're going to talk about favorite guests, Kev. My favorite guest, I think it was, it's a tough one, but I think it was probably Ricky Pearl. And that's because outbound marketing just gets such a bad rap in our little bubble. But you hear time and time again, just how crucial outbound is to the initial success of a business. You've got a new business. Inbound is going to take some serious time to to get to start working. Referrals take some time to build. Partnerships takes time to build. But outbound, I think the line that Ricky said, which absolutely hooked me, was I can have a potential customer on the phone in 15 minutes if I want. And that's the power with outbound. I can go out and I can test my positioning, my messaging. I can test the need for a product and get feedback in 15 minutes. And there's just no other way that you can do that other than outbound. I really loved his approach of making outbound hyper relevant instead of personal because I just wondered how can you scale outbound? I just always struggled to grasp that. And his solution of hyper relevance over making something really personal about, oh, hey, Kevin, I know you love fishing. Why don't we go fishing together and discuss XYZ? Like, it's not about that. (laughs) It's about establishing their need, their position, and making sure that we're showing that we can we are the right people to solve that for them really kev i think that episode has convinced me to learn more about outbound and even start to test it for ourselves for the b2b incubator george i can't say i disagree there i think for me favorite guest was split between ricky as well so one of my favorites was definitely ricky for all the reasons that you said there but as well 
Being in-house myself and lucky enough to work with an incredible sales team at Linkby, it's great to both see and test some of the ideas that he spoke about and he mentioned in that episode with such a great team. We're just at the budding end of a business where of the scale up, but a lot of those ideas that he talked about outbound and how marketing can work into those workflows, it's really going to be quite interesting to start testing in the coming months and years. And for me, the other one that really drew my attention and really became one of my favorites was the episode with Brian. So Brian's ideas around partnerships. Not only do they really embody the be helpful philosophy that our framework is largely based on, I think it's just a great way to work. Why go it alone, as he says? It doesn't make any sense. You should be teaming up with people who are going to benefit and have a joint approach to different things to cross-promote each other's great businesses and to hopefully find those partners that are really going to become advocates for your business in the long term and become one of your greatest sources of leads, of business, and just generally of having someone in the space to work with closely, to be on the same page with and to support each other. It's always good. Strength in numbers, right, George? And it's always nice to have a partner in crime as we do here on the podcast. I don't know if I can do nearly as good a job without you as my co-host. And I think I hopefully bring some value to the table as well the other way around. But yeah, that's my two favorite episodes with Brian and Ricky in terms of interviews, in terms of guests on the show. That's episodes 79 and 80. Thank you, Kevin, for the first ever public compliment that you've ever given. Uh, (laughs) But look, that episode was sensational. And particularly when it came to partnerships, it's something that you and I took to heart and we found our first partner. Um, We've also tried to enable our first affiliates, which have led to more people joining the B2B incubator. So it's been pretty great to take on board this wonderful advice from our guests and implement it for the incubator. We are at the Be Better stage for our own business as well. So it's really fun to apply this to our own business as we go. Yeah, listeners, it's also important to call out from my own experience that some of this stuff can happen a little earlier. You can start to get into the Be Better stuff, even if you haven't gone through all the Be Seen things as well. And definitely for Be The Best, there's going to be overlap in where you start Wherever that 80-20 principle and your why it takes you, you should just follow it. Don't think of it as strict season that you have to work through. I would say that the first two seasons, be ready and be helpful. They really need to come first and be in that order. But otherwise, you can mix and match some of these later episodes and things that we talk about to improve your process. But as George said, we're in that stage. We're improving certain processes for ourselves. And it's great to see some of them pay off which I guess nicely leads into maybe the next one that we like to do, which is where we talk about which episode we got the most downloads for, George. Now, it is a vanity metric, but it's always interesting to see as an early indicator of where the attention is for our listeners and where the industry really is focused on through looking at most downloads. George, you have the numbers. Which episode had the most downloads? (laughs) Yeah, Kev, look, it looks like episode 76, which was about using AI tools like ChatGPT to improve B2B marketing workflows. Now, why was that, Kev? Look, it was incredibly topical. It was probably like the most topical episode that we've ever done. We tend to stay away from topical. As I said, the only reason we did it is because we know it's here to stay. We wanted to give some guiding principles and frameworks around it. So naturally, everyone's curious about it. So when they see that in the headline, they're probably more likely to go through and click it. 
Kev, I will also note that that particular episode, it actually ranked on the first page of Google for the search term B2B chat GPT. I think it was result three or four. We might have been pushed down wow. to five now. Yeah, so we were getting some really good organic traffic just from that. And I suppose it's an interesting way of people coming in and discovering our podcast, Kev. And SEO is definitely something that's on our list to put a little bit more time into. Obviously, it's a great entry point for others into our framework. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic to hear those results and the interest. And at least that what we're talking about on the show seems to be having an impact. But I think, as George said, it's important to focus in not on the maybe the virality or topicalness of that particular episode. It's important to remind ourselves really the purpose of that episode was that hopefully we're helping people with our point of view on how to approach tools. So instead of fearing them, instead of fearing that change that will really naturally come with such a big change as AI does, we have the framework to better navigate that new system. We have the tools and the thinking behind it to leverage those tools for ourselves and to improve our B2B marketing workflows because it should be an exciting opportunity, particularly for those of us in small marketing teams, but also for the ones in big teams as well. It's really going to be one of those amplification tools that's going to help you produce more content, have better ideas, be able to do analysis quicker. All these things is going to be helpful. It's going to actually take away maybe some of the less interesting parts of your job and help you improve and do more of the more interesting parts of your job. So that's really the way to approach it. It's just great to here that that's helping us gain some organic traffic and hopefully our framework is getting out there helping more people all right kev what about the strongest response you know i guess the downloads is the quantitative what about the qualitative who do we receive the strongest response from well george this is funny because i just got this from you <laughs> you're obviously much more the face of us as a brand on linkedin but i think the episodes that you mentioned that we got the most response for were with Ricky Pearl and Justin Rowe. Why do we think that is, George? Yeah, I, okay, look, I think when it comes to Ricky and Justin, they, again, listen, like Ricky was our outbound marketing guy. Justin Rowe is the expert when it comes to LinkedIn ads. Look, paid ads and outbound are just crucial to the success of the growth of the business, especially for those small B2B marketing teams that we talk to. They're all trying to figure out how to make their outbound and inbound engines move faster so they can get to that next stage of growth. It's a topic, Kev, that I think there's actually quite a lot of information out there, but it's not necessarily great information. Half the stuff, if you Google this and you go to page one of Google, it's written by like big tech platforms like HubSpot and not necessarily written by true experts who are out there in the trenches doing this every day. And so I think it was really refreshing to have these two true experts come in and share and detail their frameworks. They were really generous when they did that. And it was great to see yeah, their principles and also what's working for them right now. Yeah, fantastic episodes and big kudos to both of them. We're very grateful to, for them to come on the show and thank them again for sharing, as you said, George, very generously, their own approaches, frameworks and tactics on what's working right now. Now, there's an element of tactics that works today, listeners, that won't always apply, but I think it's important if you can focus in on what they're talking about, their approach to these different areas, it's really going to help you build your own tactics over the long term and build your own adaptations of what they're doing 
to whatever market situations or scenarios you find yourselves in. So make sure to check out those episodes. And it's no surprise to me, George, that those were the episodes that we got the most response for. It ties into our next question that we like to do, which is which episode you think is the most practical from the season. I think Justin Rowe definitely for me is one of those. He talks so much detail about both strategy and tactics that you can use with LinkedIn ads. It's obviously very relevant for our B2B marketing listeners and for ourselves as well. And it's great to hear that you can launch anything on LinkedIn with that. You can start small and really scale up fairly quickly. And it's great that he's given so much uh, framework there for people to get started. Yeah, and look, I got to give a shout out to our other guests too, Kev. Every single one of them detailed their frameworks, like what to do to get started, how to start right now. We had Katie Ray talking about community, Taylor Boga on customer advisory boards, and they're subjects that, Kev, I really don't know a huge amount about, but I can just go back through our podcast notes from those episodes that you made, and I know exactly where to start now. I know where to find out more information about it. I know how to get going. So a huge thank you to all our guests because they were all really practical. It was an infinitely practical season with our guests in particular. As I said, right at the beginning of the episode, our guests were really fantastic this season. They were all true experts in their own areas and they all fit into B2B marketing as a workflow, but great practical learnings from all those episodes. So listeners, if nothing else, if you have the time, make sure to go through and check out all the fantastic guests that we had on the show this season and make sure you Take notes because there's plenty of frameworks, plenty of different things, practical things that you can do that we talked about in those episodes. Well, George, what about the biggest challenge that our marketers will face in executing all the stuff that we talked about and be better this season? What do you think they're going to struggle with? Yeah, I think, Kev, our first three seasons, it was very much, this is what you should do step by step, like literally one episode into the next. That's not necessarily true with Be Better, which is why we gave people those foundational key principles of when you're picking and choosing which of these, start with that 80-20 principle, start with your why, pick the thing that's going to have the most impact on your best customers or your best potential customers and go from there. And then, Kev, I think once you choose that thing, so for example, it might be implementing a CRM, it's actually sticking with it, which is the challenge. So if it was CRM, I know half the challenge is getting buy-in from the team once you've set up that CRM to actually stick to putting everything into it, to using the CRM, to putting that information into it so it serves its purpose and you can leverage it so much for everything else that, for, for everything else it is that you're doing. If it's your content strategy that you're really trying to focus on and your content repurposing, you know, that Jess Cook spoke about, it's making sure that you're celebrating those wins to keep that buy-in, closing feedback loops with your subject matter experts to make sure that they know that their efforts are being recognized and just doing all that stuff, Kev, to close the loop and keep it going. So it's the sticking with it, I think, that's going to be the biggest challenge. Yeah, those are great points, George. And I think I'll just add a more personal perspective to this. Working in a very much B2B capacity in-house for me, I think one of the challenges that I often see people have that I've experienced to a certain degree myself and working in-house in previous roles is having that support, being able to stick to things. I think a very common pain point for us in-house B2B marketers is that 
to get that buy-in. There's a lucky few of us who get that support from the leadership team, from a very good sales team who are willing to work together with marketing. If you're struggling with some of those pain points where maybe those relationships aren't perfect, have heart, don't be too hard on yourself, stick at it and be kind to yourself and to the rest of your team. They have a lot of different competing priorities. Marketing might not always be on the top of that list or working with marketing might not always be on the top of that list. But if you focus in on what George said there, applying the 80-20 rule, making sure it's tied back to your why and presenting it in a way that makes sense to those different teams. So that involves going back to those episodes, learning the language that those different teams use, learning what concerns them, having those conversations with your internal team to figure out what do your leadership team care about? What do your sales team or customer success team care about? And then talking to those terms, talking to those objectives will really help you better understand them, be kinder to them, be kinder to yourself as well in that process of building those relationships and getting the B2B marketing engine working well with the rest of the business. That's really a key point as well. That's going to be one of the challenges that potentially our marketers face as well, particularly in-house. Uh, but yeah, if you stick to it, as George said, if you apply the principles to figure out where to start and how to start those conversations, then you're in good stead. And then our final note is just, again, to be kinder to yourselves and to the rest of the team because we're all busy. We're all working to our own objectives. It's important to make sure you're helping them align to understand them first and helping them align on those objectives so you can all work in the same direction. Empathy is key, Kev. Well said. Well said. Okay, what about which episode do you think is going to be the most relevant in five years from now? I'd like to hope that all of them are going to be very relevant in five years from now because they're all meant to be evergreen. But if there's one, Kev, that's going to stand the test of time, which one do you think that is? Well, George, I think maybe I'm stealing this from you, George, but uh, I think Tim Reed's episode on the art of being helpful is going to be one that stands the test of time the most. His philosophy of being helpful is obviously very influential to our framework, which we think is evergreen. His content is fairly evergreen and it's proven itself to be a great resource for the likes of us and other people in marketing over time that he's been talking about it. So it's already lasting the test of time, but I think it's really going to continue on. I think that guiding principle and mindset is not going to change. The tools, the strategy, the tactics might and will definitely change. But as long as you're being helpful, you're building genuine relationships, that's something that's going to get you much further and something that AI really just isn't going to be able to replace anytime soon. Yeah, you definitely stole that from me. You obviously <laughs> knew when you were editing it, like how much of a fanboy I was of Timbo. So look, that would have been painful for you to edit just to listen to me gush over everything Timbo said. Not you at know all. what? Not at you, all. you can steal it. I will say then Brian Williams on partnerships, Kev. And the reason I think it's going to be just super relevant in five years time is the barrier to entry for everything is just getting lower and lower. Like it has never been easier to start your own business, to launch your own platform with no code, web apps out there with platforms just being making it easier and easier to onboard people, to run ads, to do whatever it is that you need to do. There's just going to be so much noise, Kev. And so if everyone is making noise, there'll still be a question of who do I bloody trust? 
who is it that I can trust? And I think, Kev, maybe in the same way that despite, you know, me when I'm looking for someone to eat, I use Google reviews, I still trust a recommendation from yourself on what the latest place you and Christine tried that was really good to eat in Paddington. I trust that over any kind of recommendation from Google. So for me, in that same way, partnerships are just going to keep working the same way. They're a real shortcut to getting someone else's customer base to trust you so you can win them over sooner. Yeah, I guess I'm just very bullish, Kev, on partnerships. Totally agree with you, George. I think partnerships is definitely going to be one of those key evergreen pillars that's going to continue on as a very important channel and generally for businesses. As you said, people want to have recommendations from other people, people that they trust, rather than a business or an article they see online or a review they see online. And hopefully more than an AI recommendation. Certainly right now, I think I wouldn't trust anything that comes out of ChatGPT as a recommendation. It all seems fairly generic and based on the latest blog that is ranking the highest. But as you said there, George, those relationships, people to people, as Tim Reed would say, people to people is the business that we're in. It's everything that's tied into that, including partnerships, is definitely going to be very important as things become more competitive over time. George, key takeaways for this episode. Listeners, be better means optimizing your B2B marketing workflow to cement yourself as the expert you set out to become. Particularly important now that you have the foundations in place of the framework that we've talked about so far. Now you can really start to go to the next level with optimizing your B2B marketing workflow. But remember to keep in mind those guiding principles that we talked about. So the be helpful mindset, the 80-20 principle, and your why. They will all help guide you through the plethora of options in front of you that you can start to look into and make you feel, again, in control rather than overwhelmed. Very good, Kevin. I noticed that you've done two key takeaways there. I thought that we always had to do three. Big mistake for me. I'm sorry if I stretched it out, listeners, over the last 83, 84 episodes. Anyway, look, listeners, as always, you can find links to everything that we discussed in the show notes. And we're going to be going on to the final B in our framework, Be the Best. And look, Kevin and I are just so grateful that every week more and more marketers are tuning in or catching us on YouTube every Monday morning. We've been setting records multiple months in a row when we say that more and more tuning in every Monday, we're telling the truth. And it's just so awesome to see it continually grow. If we can ask one thing, listeners, it would be to please pass the show on to someone who you think would get, that would get value from it. And also feel free to leave your feedback in a comment. It's a huge help to us, our future listeners, and we'd really appreciate it. Take care. Thank you, Kev. Thank you, listeners. Catch you next week. Thank you, George. Thank you, listeners. Catch you next week. A quick note before you go, listeners. You can find more great content and get in touch with us at theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips, and resources from our playbook. We'll be back the same day and same time with another episode next week. Thanks for tuning in to the B2B Playbook. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.